Our scripture reading this morning will be taken from the book of Romans, chapter 12, verses 4 through 8. That's Romans chapter 12, verses 4 through 8. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Good morning. So thankful that you are here today, thankful of all the places you could be today, that you have chosen to be here so that we could come together and tell God how great He is. God is worthy and he is, we are here today to, to let Him know that and to show Him uh, how much we love Him and care for Him. And I'm thankful today that we have taken time to sing, we've been able to pray, we've been able to give, take the Lord's Supper, all of that to let God know how much He is worth to us. I'm thankful again you are here. I'm thankful for all those who are with us on the live stream. And uh, we pray today that uh, it will be a blessing to you by being here. We've got a couple of neat things coming up. One, next Sunday night we're going to have a special combined worship service uh, with the 109 congregation and, and the congregation here. And we're going to have a time of singing and praying and scripture reading, and it's going to be uh, before the, the, the full launch of 109. It'll be the last time we're able to be together as a group. So I hope that you will be here and will be a part of that. I'd love for you to pack this auditorium. That means some people might need to sit on the front rows, if that's okay. All right? It'd be great if you would come and be a part of that. I'd love uh, to have maybe a fire marshal close to violation. I mean, that many people in here. It would be awesome to have you here as we come together to worship. And also, our, our elders are very focused right now on developing leaders and, and, and future leaders of this congregation. So today, from 2.30 to 4.30, there's going to be a special leadership session, and we're so thankful David and Tracy Shannon are here today, and uh, David will be speaking at that this afternoon. And then Wednesday nights, beginning in April, if you'll look in your bulletin, every Wednesday night, one of our shepherds is going to teach a class on what it means to be an elder. What an awesome thing, what an awesome opportunity. So I hope that the men here who you may be saying, hey, I, I won't be an elder for 20 years. Well, this would be great training right now. And, and maybe any type of leadership you want to be involved in, this will be helpful. So I hope you'll be here today. Let's go to God in prayer as we begin. God, you are awesome and you are mighty, and we are come before you today because you are our, you are our God. Lord, help us to look at your church today and to look at our responsibility to it. Let us be thankful. Let us serve. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. What do you expect from a church? If I were to go around today and say, hey, what, what is it you expect from a church? I'm going to tell you there, there would be a lot of things. There would be a lot of things. Some would say a church is a place we come together uh, uh, towards us. Some people make, make a church a place, but many of us say uh, a church is a group of God's people. But what I expect from it, I expect uh, a place where we can worship soundly and sound doctrine is taught. I, I would love this, but really we know that there is more than that. There are those who, what do they expect from a church? We want a youth ministry and a children's ministry. We want an older people's ministry. We want things that are going this way and that way. We want a lot of different things going on. 
It used to be said there's three things people wanted from a church. They wanted the church to be there when they were hatched, matched, and dispatched. Okay? When you're born, why? Because we need a baby shower. Somebody's got to buy some diapers. All right, we need that. We need it when we're matched because we want a preacher to do the wedding, and we'd probably like to be able to use a church building free of charge, so it's really good for that. And also, we'd like a preacher to show up for our funeral. So those are the things some people expect. Well, I think it's more than that, so I've added more. Um, I, I think they, they want you to be there when they're hatched, matched, scratched, patched, and dispatched, okay? Um, when you're scratched, when they're hurting, people want the church to be there. And when they're patched up, they'd like to, for you to... I ain't saying you're the last thing they want to see before somebody knocks them out at the hospital, but they'd like to see you uh, in a relatively short time before that to pray with them. That is something that people expect from a church. What does the church have a right to expect from you? It just got personal, didn't it? What does the church have a right to expect from you? And, and the answer is your, your membership. And the thing is, we probably don't agree on what that word means. That's a word that holds a lot of connotations for a lot of people. I don't know about you. Have you ever had a membership somewhere but never showed up? It's called a gym, okay? We do that usually in, in January, Okay. I found one of the most honest gym membership things. It was so honest, I pulled off the road, went back, and took a picture. I love it. 1995 membership, no commitment. Is that how some people treat church? I'm a member, but there's really no commitment. This morning, what I want us to do is talk about church membership. I want us to look at that. I think it will be helpful for us to discuss this this morning. In some ways, it's like wading through a minefield, but the way you go through a minefield is quickly and carefully, all right? And I hope that, that you will help me and follow along as we go through God's Word this morning because I believe it will be beneficial because I want to know what the Lord expects of me if I want to be a part of His church. I would love to see that. And the way we have to do that is ask the question, what does the Bible say about it? And there are some say, Craig, there is nothing in the Bible about church membership. You will not see that mentioned. You will not see that. Therefore, uh, you shouldn't look at it. Well, there's not a verse in the Bible that says, thou shalt place membership. I, I would agree with that. There's also not a verse in the Bible that says, thou shalt not commit arson. But if I burned your house down, I don't think we agree it's a sin, right? The general principle is there, to love your neighbors yourself. I believe if we look in the Bible, it is filled with examples of people being devoted to one congregation of the Lord's church. I think it's there. I think we're going to see that, and I hope as we go through. So there's a yes and a no, but I want us to go through and open up God's Word today and look at what God's Word says about membership because I truly believe that Jesus expects everyone who is a member of His church to be a member of a congregation. I believe that. I believe that Jesus expects everybody who's a member of his church to be a member of a congregation. We have to remember the church is his. The church came from him. When, when he is on earth, he, he said, I have come to do what? Build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Matthew 16, 18. That is why he came to do what? To establish his congregation. So he makes the rules. It's his. And when we think about this church, let's look at the book of Acts, the day the church began. And Acts chapter 2 is, is an amazing day. If there's any amazing day in history, it's Acts 2. It's the day of Pentecost. Why? Because there is a sermon that day 
delivered by the disciples. Peter gets name credit for preaching that day. And looks at, look at what happens. He preaches this lesson. They interrupt the sermon. Men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter says what? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And what we learn is, with many other words, he exhorted, and verse 41 says this, So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. 3,000 were added to what? It just said they were added. What were they added to? Let's drop down to verse 47. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. See, those 3,000 were added to the church. Whose church? Jesus' church. His church that day, that is what they were added to. So, so it begs the question, what is the church? The church is God's saved people. The church is God's saved people. Those who boot by faith believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, want to submit to Him and make Him their Lord, by doing that, choose to fully give their life in submission to Him and be baptized for remission of their sins. The church is God's saved people. So as soon as they become a part of God's saved people, they're saved, they're baptized for remission of their sins, and, and then what? Let's look what happens in Acts 2, verse 42. It says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and the breaking of bread and the prayers. They did what? They came together. It says, And all came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any might have need. And day by day, attending temple together and breaking bread in their homes and receiving their word with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. See, they were devoted to God, but they were also devoted to one another. The people were devoted to God. They showed that as they were baptized from their sins, give their life to Him. They were spending time in the apostles' teaching, and they're also devoted to one another. So what we see here is each is a member of the church, but all of them, all of a sudden, they have become a what? A congregation. They're coming together to meet as a body of believers. the church and a congregation of the church. The church there in Jerusalem would meet and it would grow. It starts out with 3,000. What an incredible thing to start out with. And what happens? Well, after a few years, which you have is a, a lot of uh, uh, the Romans come in, the destruction of Jerusalem. You have all this persecution take place and what happens? Christians get spread out all over the world. Did the church die? No, the church actually grew through this. Why? Because that group, they were part of the church there in Jerusalem, goes out and takes the church throughout the world, and they form congregations all over. Because it was important. It was important. See, I sit there and look, and we can walk through the New Testament together. We can just look at how the New Testament is put together. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels, we have four accounts of the life of Christ, being able to look at, at Jesus and what he did on earth. Then we look at the book of Acts, the, the beginning of the church and going through the, the life of the church and what happens. And then we get to a part called the epistles or the letters. 
We go through Acts and the letters to the Romans and letters to First and Second Corinthians and the letters to the Galatians. Who were those written to? They were written to congregations. Let that sit in. These letters and that we we have they have been written through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to congregations. We see that in Philippians one. Philippians 1 begins with Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ, to all the saints, to all the God-saved people in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi with overseers and deacons. This is to a individual congregation. Are there general practices in there? Yes. There's things people should take up. I think these letters get read by other people, but it had a purpose to instruct a congregation. See, last Sunday we talked about... uh, how do we bring uh, joy to our shepherds, make their job a joy? And, and for that to think about, we, we start in Acts 14, 23, that in the purpose of the church, what happened? And when they had appointed elders for them in every church, in every congregation, with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. We sit there and look and realize it was the goal of Christ for every congregation to have elders, everyone. And then we have the instruction in Hebrews 13, 17 to do what? Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who would have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not growing, groaning, for that would be of no advantage to who? To you. What's he saying? Obey whose leaders? Your. Mine. I have individual leaders. We have elders over a congregation. They, they are individual to me. See, I, I, I love the, the elders at Spring Hill. I love the elders at Calvert City, the, the two places I, I've been blessed to serve. But I'm not under their congregation anymore. I'm not under their, their, their obedience. Now, do I, do I want to show them respect? Yes. But I am under the eldership here. My submission goes to them as they submit to God and I submit to God. We submit there there together and we look and we see that. That is something we do inside of a congregation. Look what it says in James 5, verses 13 and 14. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. If anyone is cheerful, let him sing praise. Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the Lord. Whose elders should you call? Yours. See, it's congregational talk all through Scripture. Looking at this, and, and we look at the responsibility we have to each other. Hebrews 24, 10, 24 says what? And let us not consider, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and to good works. Not neglecting to meet together as a habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. We are to meet together. It says there's a habit of some not to. It should be a habit of us to meet together. And and we are to come together. We have a responsibility in a congregational setting to come and meet together with our church families. Why? Because we all have jobs here too. Look at Hebrews chapter 10, excuse me, Romans chapter 12, verse 4. I know I'm going through a lot of Scripture because I'd like, if I'm going to make a pretty bold statement, I'd like to have Scripture to back it up. I want us to look at this in Romans 12, 4. Look what it says. We had this read earlier. I'm thankful for Doug reading it. It says, For as in one body 
You have many members, and members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, the individually members of one another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them if prophecy in proportion to our faith. Let's stop there for a second. Would we say that every Christian has been given uh, there's abilities there? Yes. But who's he writing this to? The church at Rome. He's writing this to a congregation there at Rome, to, to, to the church there at Rome. He's writing this. He says, you are part of one body. You are members of it. And in it, God has gifted you. Look at these gifts. He said, in service, in our serving. The one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in his generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who acts, does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. He says, do what? Let your love for one another be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Are these great general principles? Yes. We should be what? We should, be, we should all rejoice in hope. But he's talking about inside of the congregation that let our love for one another be genuine. Let's hold to what's good. Let's do what? Let's love one another with brotherly affection. He's not finished. He's going to say, contribute to the need of the saints and show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. He is talking to the congregation at Rome. Are those principles for all of us? Yes, but realize he's talking to a group of people inside of their congregation. If we were to read through the New Testament, one of my favorite parts of the New Testament is the one another verses. Where we're told to love one another, comfort one another, be devoted to one another, honor one another, prefer one another, greet one another. There's some 59 one another verses in the New Testament. Seven of those are in the Gospels. 52 of those are in the letters written to congregations. That one another is who? The Christians there inside of your church family. See, we, we see this over and over, realize there are some general uh, practices here that I think are good for all of us, but he's writing very specifically, and I think what we should see is these congregations have a responsibility to one another. Inside of these congregations, we as members have a responsibility to each other. And as though some would say, Craig, I'm not sure membership is in the Bible, I think it's all through Scripture. I think what we have there is written all through Scripture, and we have looked at it. And the, the thing is, what, Craig, why does it matter? You know, Craig, you've gone on for 18 minutes, 19 minutes. Why, why does it matter? Well, if Jesus expects everyone who's a member of the church or his church to be a member of a congregation, I think it matters. I think church membership matters because it is in church membership that we have accountability. We do what? We have people who are watching out over our soul, our elders. It is there that, that, that we are to confront one another if we're sinning. We're also, we, we see that, that we know that, that we can check on one another. If we're not here, there's an accountability. There's also a responsibility to each other. 
to, to be here, to not forsake the assembling. Why? We have a responsibility here. Why? Because I'm supposed to be here today, not just to worship. But as I'm here, I have a responsibility to encourage you and to stimulate you to love and good works. I have a responsibility to do that to you today, and you have a responsibility to do that for me. And also, there's an opportunity to use all the gifts you've been given. As we talked about before, there are those who teach, those who exhort, those who are generous. All those things, there's more and more that, that are listed there. Through a church, through a congregation, there's an opportunity to use the gifts God has given you for his glory. And through that, we have a community. And I like to call it my church family. See, I, I believe it's important, and I believe all these things come when we fully invest in a congregation. Then, then, then the thing is, why would somebody not do it? Why would somebody say, hey, I, I'm not sure I want to do that. I, I will say that. There are some because they're not a Christian yet. I, I think that's it. They're, they're learning, and there are some that don't know they need to. There are some who do not yet know that that is something they need to do. They're like, all, all I need to do is attend, to, to show up, to be there, and I'm a part. Well, I believe we've shown there, there's more than that. There are some in this audience this morning who are looking for a church family. And I'm, we are thankful you are here. There are those who may be watching live stream today before they come through the door and be like, hey, we just sort of want to see what goes on there. What, I, I, I'm glad that you're looking for a church family. It's important to choose one. It's in, in, important to choose one and to be a part of one. There are some who are very fearful about choosing part of a church family because sometimes they've been hurt by a church before. There have been people who have been hurt by congregations, so, so they're a little bit leery. I, I understand that. I understand that. But I, I pray that you will trust in God and, and trust in what Jesus has laid out for his church and choose to become a part of a congregation. But there are still those who do not want to and do, don't feel they need to. What's the danger if you don't? What's the danger if you don't? You say, you know what, I'm fine just attending. And and really, uh, as I've heard, you know, uh, I, uh, I'm a Christian, so I'm one of God's children. I, I'll just worship wherever I want to, when I want to, and realize in an area like ours, you can worship somewhere different every Sunday and not worship in the same place twice for a few years. You can go place to place to place. And, and the thing is, they would say, well, I'm sort of a member at large. I go here one week, I go here the next week, I go here the next week. And, and that is what some choose to do. But I think the problem is sometimes by belonging everywhere, we belong nowhere. I've got some good friends. I know people who move to a new city. And what happens is they go here a little bit and go there a little bit, and then they don't go a little bit. And there's no one to know where they are because you assume they're here or you assume they're over there if they're not here. See, I think that's part of the accountability. And it's part of the responsibility that, that you have to plug into a congregation, to, to be a part, to make sure that, that your work and the talent God has given you is given there, that your time, effort, energy is given there so that you can do the most for the, the congregation that is there. The truth is the individual congregations need you and you need them. 
For a congregation to function, it needs workers. It needs people who are dedicated worshipers. It needs people who are dedicated to encouraging one another, who are dedicated to loving one another and dedicated and loyal to one another so that that takes place. So that when we come and and, and you need a congregation and a congregation needs you. See, this is a, a big deal for us right now with us in 109 beginning. I think it's a big deal because... Uh, we've asked people who have been members here to go be members somewhere else. That's challenging, isn't it? It's very, very challenging to do that. And I'm thankful for those who, who have chosen to go. I'm really thankful for those who have chosen to stay. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad, that, glad you're here. But it's going to be important to know that 109 is going to need members and Mount Juliet's going to need members. Each congregation, why? Because both of them have work that's got to be done. Both of them need to know who they can count on to be there week in and week out and who knows that all the work that's got to be done can and will be done. It's a big deal for, for, for to be thinking about this and, and to think about the work that's got to go on at each place because it's all being done, so what? So the kingdom of God will grow. The reason that there is a plant so the kingdom of God will grow, that, that, that as we start making room for one more, we, we hope to make room. I think we're going to have room for about 300 more here. And that's going to be incredible. There's going to be room there for growth. And, and we look, and it's going to be important that, that as, as we look at congregations, that we choose to be a part of a congregation and we give our time and our effort and our energy and our love and our loyalty to each congregation. As, as being part of the church, it's important to be part of a congregation. And think what can, think what can happen when we are. Think of the souls that can be brought to Christ. As, as, as we give our, our, our all to, to God through, through serving in his congregation. Does membership matter? I think it, it sure does. I do believe that Jesus expects everyone who's a member of his church to be a member of a congregation. For again, it is in those congregations where we find accountability and responsibility and opportunity to grow in our, in our service and in our love. And we find a community and we find what? We find a family of God. The elder here, elders here call it placing your fellowship with a congregation. We announce that sometimes that people have, have, have placed their fellowship here or moved their fellowship here. We want to be a part of that. It may be that you've been visiting here this morning. You've been visiting here for a while or visiting here some and you want to know more about this or you're ready to do that. What it takes is, is meeting with our elders, and that process gets started by telling one of our elders, hey, we'd like to set that up, or you can contact the church office. They will send stuff out to you and get that started because as you become a member, we, we want to know your talents and abilities, and we want to plug you in so that you can work here for God and you can get to know one another. See, the way all membership starts is baptism because we want to be a member of the church, of Christ's church. And that starts when through faith, we do what? Well, since we believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the Son of God in flesh, who came here and lived on earth, who was crucified, who was buried, and who rose on the third day, we believe that he is the Son of God. And because of that, we want to submit our life to him 
and because he, we look at that, we believe in him, we, we want to change our lives, we want to repent, we want to turn away from sin, turn to him. We want to confess and say with our life and with our voice that we believe he's the son of God and we want to be baptized for remission of our sins. And we want to do that today is a great day to begin that walk and become what? A member of his church. Become a Christian. Today, if we could help you with this, we would love to. Today, you may say, Craig, this church family, this one another stuff, I need you to pray for me today. We would love to pray with you and for you today. And it may be that, that you've been a member and you say, you know what, I, I, I feel like I, I may not have been living up to my responsibility and I want to draw a line in the sand today and I want to say, today I start here and I want to be more committed to this church. Today would be awesome for that. Today, if we can help you with this, would you come now while we stand and while we sing? Thank you.